When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WABC Radio. Thank you so much for taking some of your Saturday afternoon and uh, joining the show. By the way, uh, in the Washington, D.C. area, it is an absolutely glorious day. I hope it is where you are. And after this show is over, I hope you will get out and enjoy the sunshine and fresh air and get some exercise out there. But we're going to do some mental exercise now with two of the best in the business. I've been really uh, looking forward to this segment because uh, these two guests are both backed by popular demand, two of the great crowd pleasers. Uh, I'm talking about Monica Crowley, who you all know from Fox News. She's on uh, Fox almost every day and every night uh, and was um, one of the leading officials in the uh, Trump Treasury Department, um, has a long distinguished career. Monica, thanks for joining. And then, of course, we have Anthony Esposito, who is um, the one of the chief financial advisors at Scotia Bank, and I think one of the best in the business in terms of explaining what's happening in financial markets. So, Anthony, uh, thank you to you as well for joining. Uh, Monica, I want to start with you because President Trump was bragging about you the other day. I had dinner with uh, Larry Kudlow and uh, and uh, Newt Gingrich and President Trump at, uh, at Bentminster. And he kept saying, I love that Monica Crowley. She's the best on TV. So congratulations. We were all jealous <laughs> that he likes you so much, but you're doing an awesome job. So I want to get a quick handicap of what you think uh, is Trump going to win this nomination? And he is he and, and the question I get asked every day by my listeners is, can Trump win? Well, first of all, it's great to be with you on this glorious August Saturday afternoon. Steve, thank you for having me. Great <laughs> to join with, with Anthony as well. And thank you for that huge compliment. It's always a big thrill every time you. you well, he mentioned you twice. He brought you up wow. twice. He kept saying, we need Monica Crowley. I want you to be <laughs> President Trump's press secretary. Uh, and by the way, you can't be any worse than the current press secretary of the president. <laughs> so you would be perfect for that job. Well, thank you. And yes, the current one has certainly uh, lowered the bar dramatically for that job. That is true. Um, well, that's very nice to hear. So thank you. And of course, I have been one of President Trump's very first supporters, literally from the moment he came down the escalator, June of 2015. I looked at him. I looked at the situation. I looked at the country and I said, not only is he going to be the Republican nominee, he's going to pull the whole thing off. And I remember getting a lot of slings and arrows at the time for saying it, but I was proven right. And I think, you know, going into next year, obviously, there's a lot of water under the bridge here uh, with President Trump. But there's also been a lot of clarity to Stephen Anthony in terms of 
what we now know about the existential threat that President Trump poses to the entire corrupt ruling class and all of the globalists. He must be destroyed because he cannot be allowed to succeed. Because if he succeeds, that spells the end of their entire corrupt gravy train and their great reset agenda, which Mm -hmm. requires the end of America, certainly the end of free market capitalism and all the things that, that you talk about every week on this show, Steve. So we now know what the reality is, but we also know what the stakes are. So, number one, I think this primary is over. Uh, I think with every indictment, Donald Trump has gotten stronger in the Republican field. He now leads his closest competitor, who is now Vivek Ramaswamy and not Governor <laughs> yeah. DeSantis, right. which is stunning. Um, but he leads his nearest competitor by 40, in some cases, even 50 points. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, this primary is over. And to your second now, question, now, Monica, let me just interrupt you yeah. for a second. So I agree with everything you've just said. I think it is almost a fait accompli at this point that he will be the nominee. Uh, although I would, you know, there's, it ain't over till it's over. But, um, the big question is, you know, if Republicans nominate Trump, are we just playing right into the Democrats' hands? Because I can't tell you how many people whose opinions I greatly respect, including my friends at the Wall Street Journal editorial board who say, Donald Trump cannot win. Well, to the people who say Donald Trump cannot win, I say, well, he won twice. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, to me, the real question here, Stephen Anthony, is will the deep state allow Donald Trump to win again? Yeah. That yeah. is the real big question. So I think if it were a fair election, Donald Trump would walk away with this. But we know that the Democrats uh, cheat and rig elections in all kinds of ways, most of which are legal. Uh, they have found ways around it. Mark Zuckerberg's half a billion dollars and so on to get out the vote, ballot harvesting, uh, ballot curing, all the things that they do. Um, so our side better get on the ball. And, you know, time is short here until the next election to make sure that we can mirror what they're doing on the legal side I'm talking so- about. Monica, going quick, I want to get to Anthony. I want to ask you a quick, one quick question about this, you know, the legal stuff, so to speak, these indictments. If Trump is found guilty under one of these, I don't, I don't know how many indictments there are, four, five, six. I mean, I, I was saying to Larry Kudlow, he'll probably be indicted next week for crossing the street. But if he were to be found guilty, and you know, this is going to be in Washington, D.C., it's going to be tough for Trump to get a fair trial. Uh, can he still serve as president? Well, he can't get a fair trial in any of these jurisdictions except for maybe the Florida one. He may be able to get something of a fair trial there. But Washington, D.C., New York City, forget it. He's not he's they're railroading him and they're doing it on purpose. Uh, They want to secure a conviction in one or more of these jurisdictions that they want the man in prison. They want him behind bars and they're not going to stop until they get there. But, you know, these these trials take a long time to impanel juries, to go through motions and all of these other things. So it's going to take forever. And if, in fact, there is a conviction before the trial, Donald Trump will, of course, appeal that conviction. In the federal cases, it can go all the way to the Supreme Court. They can overturn it. So we have a long way to go here. I think the left's objective is next year tie him up in court literally all day, every day with four different cases, 
drain his resources so that yeah. he's got to spend all of his money of on legal bills and can't really yeah. focus and fly around the country. Yeah. That yeah, is course. their ultimate goal in addition to trying to get him behind all right. bars. All right. Let me get to let me get to Anthony uh, now. Anthony, thanks for holding. Uh, you are one of the top financial analysts in the country. I have to confess, Anthony, that I find myself quite befuddled by this economy. You know, the latest report out by the uh, Federal Reserve Bank is the economy is picking up some steam. Uh, that looks like the second, the second quarter was decent. The third quarter is looking like it might even be better. Uh, and yet we have all these weights that Biden has put on the economy. And I'm trying to figure out what to do with my money, Anthony. I mean, the stock market's been on a bit of a roll for the last month or two. How do you see this? How do you see it playing out over the next six months? Hey, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. Um, really a pleasure to join you and Monica this afternoon. Um, so the market has been really interesting. If we just focus on on the U.S. capital markets, uh, we obviously had a, a peak to draw, draw down from 2021 to October of 22 of about 30 yep. percent, just shy of 30 percent. And we actually found ourselves rallying back. As we rallied back, I was out to the clients throughout that rally where we had you know, typically long and short moves within the move. But as we broke above the 4,200 level on the S&P front month futures, which is what I model, um, I started calling for 4,500, and then I called for a 4,631 top uh, to the penny. Uh, actually, that top marked the March 22 peak uh, wow. of 4,631. Our peak recently was 4,634. So we actually missed – we overshot by – literally three handles on the S&P. We're now down 6% from that resistance level, which we had identified really in early July, which was really... So hold on, you're saying we're we're 6% down from the peak that we had uh, several weeks ago? Is that... Yes, and that peak matched the March 22 peak. So the point of where are the capital markets, I see the U.S. US S&P 500 as the proxy in a situation where we got way over our skis, uh, momentum has faded as we were hitting that new high on that move up. We saw momentum shift to negative, which is something I focus on very closely. Uh, mm-hmm. We also saw volatility, which has been so subdued as realized vol in the options market and and implied vol in the options market had drawn down so much, meaning there wasn't a lot of fear. So people talk about the VIX index and the fear index. That VIX index was really dragging along the bottom of the barrel, but I saw some signs that it was going to pick up in early July, and we've now seen that. So coming off of the recent highs where everybody was so over their skis and it was all, you know, Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, tech driving the rally, small caps were kind of, you know, struggling a little bit, industrials may be a rotation in, energy may be a rotation in. Uh, we're now seeing momentum get sucked out of the market, the market coming back from a really strong long-term resistance level, two- to three-year resistance level. And I do see some downside here um, on the trade down to uh, about 12% lower to 3,800, which is where I have the S&P marked as a downside target on this move. Um, that's not so- to say that a long-term investor shouldn't stay invested and be invested, but I do think that the stock market is sending a signal, and that signal is – We got ahead of ourselves, and we're now going to pull back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. And so now isn't the best time to be putting a lot of new money into the market, is what you're saying. I would agree with that statement. I do not now, think now is if you... Yeah. Okay. So let me just ask you about just to amplify two things you were saying. One is with AI, you know, I had Kathy Wood on from ARC uh, a week or two ago. She's really high on artificial intelligence. She thinks it's going to change the world. She thinks it's going to have amazing impact on uh, just the way we work, the way we play, the way we buy things. And she's also high on uh, uh, the medical, you know, gene therapy and things of that nature. Um, so she's pretty optimistic about the future of the country in terms of these new industries that are developing. Um, and I wonder, well, let's just stick with AI because everybody's so focused on that. Those stocks have had a big run up, but do you think that they're, this is a good time to, are they priced out or is it good, this is a good time to get involved in, in AI investments? So as uh, the, the short answer is, um, NVIDIA has a price-to-earnings ratio of 210, yep. which it could go much higher. The short <laughs> answer is uh, things that are going to change the world and improve our lives and be growth engines and growth stocks or sectors moving forward, that can happen even with a 20, 30, 40, 50% drawdown in those names in the short term. So I think her, I mean, she's extremely intelligent, extremely successful. And I think over the course of time, yeah, the, this technology will continue to drive innovation and continue to drive stock value and the markets and this great country and this world. But over the near term on a trade, could these AI stocks get cut in half? I would argue yes. And part of that is in a bear market, we talk about correlations all the time with my clients. Correlations go to one when we come down hard. When the market is crashing, there is nowhere to hide, right? We always hear this <laughs> right. kind of, you know, um, and that's what will happen with these names. Will some sectors outperform, meaning they're down 38% and not 45% as random numbers? Sure. But will correlations really just scream towards one where everything's coming down in those bear market scenarios, in those draw of capital out of the market scenario? Absolutely. So I think oh, we can both great. be right, and I think it comes down to timing. Great advice. So, uh, Monica, back to you then. You know, we have an economy that's picked up a little bit of esteem. Certainly it's better today than it was last summer when we had 9.2% inflation. But there are so many other worry signs out there, Monica, on the economy. Obviously, you know, there's no way Biden can win if we, if the economy isn't good. And right now it's, 
it's decent. Uh, but I guess the question I have for you is can Trump, can Trump make the case that things were much better when he was president than they are now? I think he can and he, he, he thinks he can. What would you advise him to be talking about? He absolutely can, and he should be making this case on the economic side all day, every day. Because, look, the American people don't need to reach back 40 years to remember what a booming economy was like, say, under Ronald Reagan. They only have to reach back two or three years to remember what a booming economy was like under Donald Trump. And it was because of tax cuts, regulatory relief, unleashing our great energy sector, and fairer trade deals. Those four pillars delivered a robust economy for all Americans. It was a rising tide that lifted all boats across all demographics. So because the memory of a strong economy is so fresh for most Americans, they're going to look back and say, okay, wait a minute, this is now in stark relief. But Donald Trump is going to be, um, is going to have to uh, take take the bull by the horns and remind the American people of this, right? Because people's memories are short. Right. So he's got to remind them of that. He is always at his best when he is focused on policy yep. and not personality or shooting from the hip. I mean, that is his <laughs> style. But when yeah. he's focused on issues, particularly economic ones, yes. which are his strengths, um, he is going to be way out in front, not just of the current Republicans, but way out in front of Biden or Gavin uh, Newsom or Michelle Obama, yep. or whomever the Democrats choose to run. That's Monica Crowley, uh, formerly of the Treasury Department. You know her for, uh, from Fox News. Anthony Esposito, back to you from Social Bank. Uh, this is a money and politics show, and I, I was wondering – you know, how do you see the presidential election as we we turn to the funny season of uh, of, you know, electoral politics? Certainly is going to be the dominant story of 2024. How do you see that affecting people's investments and how they invest? You know, I think I would go back to I would go back to the first time around um, where people were looking to invest in a, a free market. People were looking yep. to invest in a market where growth was encouraged and where um, companies were encouraged to to put money to work um, and return money to investors. So I think overall uh, we could take all the all the politics and the gimmicks aside and all the indictments and, and the name calling and everything. I think Donald Trump uh, gives whether it's what people say and investors say outright for other reasons or not. Donald Trump creates a scenario where this market can grow and people would be more confident in investing in U.S. equity markets versus where we are right now. And I I I agree with that. I I couldn't agree more. And uh, Anthony, one other quick question about the, uh, you know, you talked about the U.S. I wonder, uh, obviously, you look at the global situation as well. China, what's your take? I mean, they've slowed down. Is the China market going to come back? Are there some buying opportunities in some of these uh, Chinese companies, or are they in sort of kind of a long-term decline? So that's a really great question. Um, the the FXI, the Chinese Large Cap Index, reached its peak in February of 21 and then sold off a subsequent 60%. So mark that to the U.S. markets, which sold off about 27%. Um, they've now bounced. They're still down about 50% from that high. But what's really interesting about the Chinese market is um, the Chinese Communist Party 
feels the need to now intervene in that market. So what they've done is they've actually asked authorities to have some investment funds avoid net selling inequities. They've asked officials to encourage companies listed on their star board, which is a tech heavy, call it their NASDAQ board, to buy back shares. Um, they are definitely in a position, aside from, from you know, intervention with the currency, they're in a position where you can see, you can see a little bit of a scramble top down in China. And the markets have mm -hmm. not bounced and are not as strong technically as the U.S. markets have and are. So I would say China is still a red flag at this point. Um, I think yeah. it has some work to do. The equity markets have some technical work to do as far as the charting, which is clear, obviously, where I live. Um, there's some work to do there to show some some real return or, or uh, kind of retracement back towards those highs. And with the, the the government in China intervening the way it is, I think it, it sends a, a little bit of a, a scary signal and a warning sign. So those markets for me are still, not only are those markets dangerous, but that overflow and as a leading indicator into the U.S. and developed markets, uh, Western markets, is also um, concerning. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. So just quick, uh, one other quick question. Uh, what, other, what country do you like right now? I think the U.S. remains the safe haven. Um, wow. To be perfectly wow. honest with you, the U.S. has always been and will remain the yep. safe haven. Um, short of any major event, uh, short of any, we've seen actually Mexico have a really great yep. year and outperform massively. But um, net net, uh, from my view and from all the clients I speak to, um, the United States remains the safe haven market. Great answer. I love that. I love that answer. Okay, Monica. Um, I got to challenge you with something, uh, Monica, that you said, Monica, where you said you claim that you knew that Donald Trump was going to win in 2016 from the time he came down that escalator. And, uh, you know, I remember when that happened and I thought, what is this? Some kind of a publicity scheme by this guy? You know, I didn't know much about Donald Trump, but are you being totally honest? You knew he was going to win. I knew he was going to win. I knew it viscerally, <laughs> Steve. Um, and I've told him this story. By the way, Monica, actually... Monica, nobody else thought he was going to win. <laughs> People claim so now, but I actually have the record because I went on Fox okay. News. I went on Bill O'Reilly. I went on Don Imus. Literally okay. within a couple of weeks of Trump coming down the escalator. And I said, guys, stop laughing. Do not underestimate him. He is going yes. to pull the whole thing off. And, so, you know, President oh, Trump saw oh, me say that. All right, that Monica, I'm going to take your word for it. I got one minute left. Is Donald Trump going to be the next president of the United States? Yes. <laughs> how, how confident are you of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, the big question is, will the deep state allow him to be president again? That's the question. Yeah. And that those are the dark forces we all have to fight. Yeah. So, Anthony, uh, last question for you. Uh, by the way, thanks to both of you for taking some time off on the Saturday afternoon and joining me. This has been a great conversation and, uh, and our listeners love to get your advice and sage investment, uh, strategies. 
just taking into, I know you don't get involved in politics too much, Anthony, but assuming that Monica is right, and she's oftentimes right, not always right, but she's most of the time right. Uh, do, how do you see that? I mean, if people, if you thought that Trump was going to win the election, is that going to cause fear or is that going to cause some excitement uh, from investors? Look, I am, I am a supporter of 45, and I think that causes <laughs> a great deal of excitement on many levels in this country. Uh, All right. The- I love it. Be bullish, right? <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. This is the More Money Show on WBC. Have a great weekend, folks.